champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. Continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will, I will not, not, not lose. lose. Yes, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. Hey, he is the DB of the show, and we are black in sports, giving the culture, the, the giving it to the game that won't shut up and dribble. I fumbled over that a little too much uh, in the game, Merlot, already. But, um, man, you know how we do it. We like to start the show off with giving a warm welcome to, you know, he started in the NBA front offices, right? But you've probably seen him on the TV with the worldwide sports leader, and now he's on all these type of podcasts, kind of like us. So we appreciate him giving some time. So, hey, sit back, buckle up, and let's clap it up for our man. I mean, has him. Let's go. Oh, I thought I thought y'all had a soundboard. I was like, oh, wow, you gonna have the, the applause noise come in too? Oh, yeah, we can hit you with that if you need that. You know, we got some sound bombs and stuff, like whatever you need. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and then we know later. <laughs> we know later when you get in, we got to drop the. <laughs> we dropped the bombs. Clue got to drop the bombs on them. But hey, how we like to start our show, man, is we want to get a shoot your shot moment, right? So this is where you just give us a quick story of a, a time you shot your shot, man. You went for it all. It could be good or bad, right? Because sometimes we shoot our shot and we fumble. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm. give us a shoot your shot moment. Go. We're talking generic shoot your shot or the specific uh Trying to holler, shoot your shot. Which shoot oh, your shot we talking? You gonna give us the choice? We want the holler, shoot your <laughs> shot. <laughs> okay. Who would I shoot my shot with, man? Hold on, I was trying to think that there was. You got some fails on I here too. I can't. I can't. <laughs> look, it, it's a fail, but I, I kind of I, I still look at it as a success because, hey, man, like you gotta give it a go. I'm not gonna say the uh, the young star's name. Okay. But. I, I I basically said, hey, uh, if you, like I did the the ridiculous. Hey, if you're not doing anything right now, you want to go get something to eat? <laughs> like in a setting that was it was inappropriate. Like you're not <laughs> supposed to do this. A lot of people were like, oh, why are you talking to her? She laughed though. I got to laugh. So that's a win. <laughs> I, I can't I can't say the name. All good. All good. So we go, we're gonna move it to uh, sports a little bit. So. Your love for sports, where did that start? Oh, man, I don't know, man. Like, I grew up in a time where that's what everybody did. Like, I didn't – it wasn't even like, what is this thing? And I, I got interested in it. It's like I just grew up – everybody around me was into sports, my older brother, my dad. Um, And it wasn't, like, necessarily like one sport. It was everything. So oh, – okay. um, that's, I mean, I was just naturally always, I like, well, I'm very competitive. I like to compete and play. And so um, that was kind of my thing. And then as I got into my teenage years, that's when kind of, because I started off, I was actually really into soccer. I was a really good soccer player. Uh, but, you know, as I got older and into high school, like basketball became more and more the thing I really got into. Okay. And then, you know, uh, as I started going to college, like, that's when I was like, you know what, I, I want to know more than just, you know, watching the game or whatever. And so I was at a time, you know, when the, in the early days of the Internet, when, you know, it's not like it is now. We're like, oh, I want to watch more basketball and put up YouTube and pull up 
all these different greats from all eras and stuff. Right. Or I want I want to know more about the collective bargaining agreement. Let me go up to these all these websites explaining all these reporters explaining it. There really wasn't those kind of resources out there. So everything I I learned I learned basically by scouring and looking for these uh, information centers, if you will. And uh, while I was in college, I got an opportunity to work for the Atlanta Hawks. And at that time, I didn't even know I could do that as a living. I got it as a part-time job because I thought we'd go to some games for free. <laughs> and 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 then when 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 you know when you're in it, then you start meeting people. And you're like, oh, sh- this is a can we curse by the way? Yeah, Absolutely. Do your thing. Do okay, your okay. Thing. All right. Oh, I was like, oh shit! Like, <laughs> I stopped. I said, Shh, no, no. I did stop before that before the vowel hit. Um, but I, you know, I said, I said, oh shit, you could do this for a living, like, and not have to have been a former pro athlete or your father owned the team, or something like that, and that kind of opened the door for me to make it a career. Uh-huh. Uh, now. I never wanted to do media. I, I want to work in sports. And I did that for, for, for all together by like eight years, only eight, nine years. And then after that, my media stuff started and here I am now. So, I mean, it was a shock to me cause I didn't know this. Right. So how, how did it transition? Right. Cause you're at Georgia tech, right? Yeah. For engineering. <laughs> so yep. that was, that was a major. So you go in engineering major. So, Two things. When was that change, you know, or was it just a humbug like, yo, like I'm trying to get to some games and then also having prideful parents, I'm sure as you have, what the hell was that conversation like? Like, Lord, listen, <laughs> that conversation stopped like two years ago, by the way, like, <laughs> don't think it like, don't think it ended. No, um, <laughs> you know, for me in high school, I was good at math and science. So okay. uh, immigrant parents, immigrant household going to be one of four things either going to be a doctor a lawyer an engineer an architect (laughs) that's it that's those are your choices i said i don't want to do no extra school so doctor and lawyer are out right (laughs) right and then i can't draw so i guess architect is out too (laughs) so i said engineer all right you know so i went to georgia tech and i'll be totally honest reason why i went to georgia tech was when i was at high school in new york my senior year we had a blizzard that hit Mm. And it was so cold and there's so much snow to turn the ice and all. I was like, I am not going to be dealing with no winters for the rest of my life. I'm going where it's warm all year round. I'm going to the South. I'm going to Atlanta. No one told me, mind you, that they have winters in Atlanta. Just (laughs) nobody knows how to deal with them. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, and then like the other thing was like, oh, Stephon Marbury went to tech. How hard could it be? Literally, those are my two. I had no idea. It's like the number three engineering school in the in the nation, and I had no idea. I get down there, and my freshman room roommate, freshman year roommate, uh, is this uh, name is Scott, half white, half Jewish, oh, excuse me, half Chinese, half Jewish, from South Carolina. Loves country music, <laughs> hates hip hop. I oh, never oh. met anyone. Never met anyone at my age who was like, oh. You mean crap music? I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> not crap music. That's the first. Oh no, like, but it was like I didn't know. I thought that was stuff that like old people say, but like Correct. our age group, Correct. we all of us. Oh, you know, high school. I went to white kids, black kids, Hispanic kids. This was before reggaeton, so all the Hispanic kids was, you know, Puerto Ricans, and Dominicans. They was listening to rap. They were acting right. like us. I'm like, yeah. I just figured this was a, an age thing, not a 
demographic thing like that. So, but anyway, Scott one day like took apart the clock radio and and put it back together. He said, "Why would you do that?" I said, "Cause it's fun." And I was like, "Like that's not my yeah. fun, son." Like, <laughs> no, it, it started to dawn on me like, "Oh, these people actually wanted to be here to do this." <laughs> And I just came because I'm going to get a degree and get a job that pays really well my first year and I'll have a job for the rest of my life. That was that was literally all my entire concept of college. Uh -huh. You go so that you can get a job that you won't keep for the rest of your life uh, or be able to be employable anywhere. So it's kind of the basic <laughs> in this country. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that that was what I thought was going in. Right. All right. And then um, you go in there. And you realize these people are here because they're truly interested and they want to further their knowledge on this stuff. Sure. And mm -hmm. I'm like, why? Like, as soon as we're done with class, I'm we on the sticks. We're, we're on the PlayStation. Um, so anyways, so I'm going through this. I'm not liking engineering. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, I wasn't a good student like in college because it just I it was part of it was because it was challenging. I was being challenged for yeah. the first time and I didn't know how right. to react to that. And part of it was because I, I really didn't care it didn't it didn't inspire me in any way right. and so one day like i think it was my second year second year my second year my i switched dorm rooms i was now living with my buddies and one of my my homeboys came and woke me up on a saturday morning at like 6 a.m mm -hmm. and he said yo the hawks are hiring and you know saturday 6 a.m i'm gonna tell you you probably could tell what friday night was like right. so I said, get the fuck out of my room. What are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> I don't like I didn't even hear what he said. I was just like, get the what are you right. get out? What right? are you doing? <laughs> no, he's like, no, nah, man, come on, man. They they're hiring. Da, da, da. I'm like, they're not gonna hire us. Like, right. They're not gonna hire us. I mean, like eight thousand. Well, you don't know. We go oh, give it a chance. I'm like, man, this is dumb, blah, blah, blah. And then he's the one that said, Who knows? We might get to go to some games for free. And to this day, I remember I had the blanket over my head and I was just sat You heard that? <laughs> I mean that would be cool, right? Like go to a couple of games who's a, for who's free. on a hawk uh, uh, roster at that time. This was Mookie Blaylock, Steve yeah. Smith, Dikembe Mutombo. I mean, <laughs> it was a good team. I wasn't a I wasn't a Hawks fan or anything, but so who was your team? So at this point, are you a Knicks fan? Um, of course, I'm from New York. Absolutely, one thousand percent a Knicks fan, right? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, we go to the Knicks game for free. That'd be cool. Whatever. So <laughs> right. When the Knicks come to town for sure, for sure. So uh by the way, I got the job, and that's when everybody got traded. That's, that's <laughs> Hawks turned trash real fast. They did the, the the rare opposite of you know, most of the time it's like, hey, we're opening a new arena. The team oh, has to be good. Right. right. They did the opposite. They were good, and they were like, we'll open a new arena. Shut all right. the shit down. So um, we go there and I'm like a thousand people show up. Five, I don't know. A lot of people showed up. They yeah. hired six and me and my roommate were two to six. Word. And so this job was when I say entry level, man, you might have to take a ladder to get up to ground level. That kind of entry level. It was glorified street team. They call it a uh, field marketing. Yeah. And that's when you do. Um, that's when you you are going on the weekends from mall to mall, you set up a little carnival kind of atmosphere like on Thursday right. night. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, people are coming. They're like 
checking how big their hand is compared to the Kembe's and oh my foot size, my shoe size compared yeah. to you know so and so and shoot three free throws in a row and you get two tickets to a game. Mm -hmm. And so we did this. <clears throat> and that's when I start to get to know people. And I was like, oh wow, yo, would you would you like just went to college for this? Like, yeah. Sports management. And I'm like, word, okay. Word. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm still kind of like, that's cool. Like, you know, I don't want to do this, obviously, but like you're working for a team, that's pretty cool. Right, so yeah. then um at the end of the year, like the best of the best of this team get transitioned over to in arena operations. So that's we get transferred over to in arena operations and so now i'm there on game days i'm getting to know the players and stuff i'm getting to know coaches i always right. i love telling the story because i work with this guy now at sirius xm the first nba person i legit met and knew was rick mahorn <laughs> and this is how we met i was carrying boxes this is before like at four o'clock or whatever on a seven o'clock game day or whatever i'm carrying boxes down the hallway, Rick Mahorn comes in from where he parked, walks up, and knocks the fuck out of the boxes out of my hand. Like, <laughs> <laughs> pick up the boxes. <laughs> no, he didn't even say shit. He just just kept walking and laughing. <laughs> so, yeah, like I'm like, what the hell, man? But like, and I know now, like that's his way of saying, hey, man, you cool or whatever. So, like, I got to know Rick through that. And you know, and, and so, and you talk to the scouts, and now, now I'm like, okay, this is I, I want to do basketball, operations. right? Now you're on to something. You're like, hold on, yeah, like this is cool. Being close to the action is cool, right? But I want, I want it to be a part of like putting it together, you know. So I made up my mind. I said, all right, I'm, I'm not going to be an engineer anymore. I'm going to transfer out, and I want to do sports management. And uh, my uh, you know, my parents were like, what? Like, you want to give up, like, a short thing, basically, to follow this thing that isn't even serious or whatever, and da-da-da, and what kind of job can you get with a sports management degree? And that's backpack. <laughs> so, so people understand. So you were born in Sudan. So yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that heritage is very strong where, you know, your parents, you know, want the best for you. And like you said, you get those four options. So... <laughs> Dog, I'm telling you, like every every African immigrant knows, and probably most immigrants overall know what I'm talking about. But I say African because I always remember, like Chene uh, Ogumake, who obviously is a, a great, great elite basketball player and right. great media career and all that stuff. And so her older sister was an MVP and her younger sister got drafted. And so when her younger sister got drafted, now mm -hmm. at this point, I'm saying like, your older sister's an MVP, went to Stanford. You went to Stanford. You were the number one overall pick. Y'all right. are like big time players, endorsement deals, everything. You know, she got a whole media career basically off of this. Right. You think like, yo, by the time the youngest sister who just graduated from Rice, another great school, gets drafted, like the family be like, all right, cool. And I was this like, is yo, lane. Yeah, like, this, this is a lane. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, Shanae, were, you, were your parents like really excited that your sister got drafted? Like, no, they wanted her to go to medical school. Like, they, they're like, <laughs> like this one, another one wasting her life, you know? So <laughs> that's kind of like, that, that's really the vibe, you know? At any moment, like, if things start to look shaky, it's kind of like, yeah, I told you to stick with that. 
Correct, right? Like I always told you. So um, how often or when's the last time you've been back to, to Sedan or home or anything? 20, 20 years, man. Really? And the last time I went to Sudan was a month before 9-11. Oh, 9-11 man. happened, and I was There's like, a- I'm not <laughs> risking that one. So I'm like, where, where have you been? Why have you been here? No, 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 no. Oh. No, no, that's too far. No. So uh-huh. I have, and it's changed a lot, you know, and I hear, you know, I have cousins and friends and stuff that go back. Right, all the time, and there's just a part of me that's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I just <laughs> have, I have thought in the back of my mind, I go, and then some shit happened, and now I'm stuck, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be stuck there. So, well, see, my, but anyway, my, my, re- my fond memory of the Sudan is uh, white men can't jump. <laughs> yep, yep. What are you shooting? You shooting the Ghana? Like, shooting he's, the he's, no, you, <laughs> no, 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 my brother. You're, yeah, man. We have like, like pockets of moments in. Pop culture, culture. Like, like that's that's us right there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. So, when that, I, was like, I yeah. mean, is basketball growing with some of the initiatives? Like, you know, um, besides Jerry, and you know, now they announced that the president is doing that stuff with basketball. Yeah. And how, how that's working? Or have you heard? You know, your family members and people, to, or just you, you know, knowing the sports world, have you seen any kind of growth with that? In in Sudan, not. It gets behind. We're behind other countries, and okay. a lot of that has to do with the, the we had a, a split in a secession of the South. Right, it, ten years ago, Sudan was one big country, it was the biggest country in Africa, and then uh, they had a referendum, and then the uh, the people in South Sudan decided they want to have their own country, which God bless them, they deserved it. So they voted, they got it, they seceded, and South Sudan is really when you talk about Sudanese basketball. Mm-hmm. It's like, like it's imagine like if, like, <laughs> this is gonna sound messed up, but like, imagine if Texas, Alabama, and Florida seceded from the United States, and we're, we're like, <laughs> like are we still nice right yeah, football? Yeah, 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 SEC <laughs> doing football. It's like, are we still nice at football? Like, yeah, but all the players over there, right? So Luol Deng is the is the president of the South Sudan Basketball Federation, and. They're over there in qualifiers right now for Afro Basket, and they're doing great and all that. And they have, they're ahead of us because they're ahead of us in talent. And I think also South Sudan has more of a culture of basketball so that the kids growing up, they want to be ball players. Whereas gotcha. in Sudan, I think soccer is still a number one thing for, for guys out there. Gotcha. So New York City basketball, Knicks fan, getting yeah. into the front office scouting world. Were you just looking at every guard that can dribble, or how was that transition into the scout world for you? So, so when I left Atlanta, I went to Phoenix, yeah, to go to school. I finished up my degree, and like my last year of undergrad, uh, I had it basically where I had like two courses left to graduate, mm-hmm. and so I got an internship with the Knicks in basketball ops, and uh. I basically one of my courses I did at St. John's and the other one was the internship course. So I just had to write a paper at the end of it. That that was like my indoctrination. Like, okay, everything you've been doing has been ragtag, MacGyver style, whatever you can find. Now you're in the building. Boom, collective bargain agreement. Here's the book. Read it. Uh, and, and that's like I started learning about a lot. I learned about analytics when I was working for the Knicks. I didn't know anything about analytics until the guy I worked for was like, this is the future. This is how teams are going to find value <coughs> in places that a uh, that they hadn't seen before, before. And, mm-hmm. yeah and so 
I really like, but at, at first it was a lot of self-learning. It's like, now I've got resources available to me, but it wasn't a whole lot of handholding uh, because everybody's always busy. So right. I started working on projects on my own and then they noticed and they were like, you did all this? I'm like, yeah. And so then they started kind of like giving me stuff to do and that kind of really got me going. Uh, but at the end of it, uh, it's still an internship, and the intern sat at an intern desk, and so there was no room for me. So I had to, I had to basically, I had to go home, but I had to get the hell out of there. So, <laughs> luckily, the whole reason I went to Arizona for undergrad was because at the time ASU had the number one graduate program in sports business. Mm-hmm. So okay. in my mind, I was like, "Ooh, if I go to ASU undergrad, that'll give me a leg up in getting in." So I all met right. the director or whatever, and he said, we kind of need two years of work experience or whatever. I was like, all right. <laughs> but I went, I worked for the Knicks for a year, and then I came back. I was like, what's good? And he said, look, I can, I'll tell, like, the admissions thing that, like, you have one year of work experience doing this, and then I'll take the Hawks stuff as another year of work experience. You got to okay. score this on the GMAT, and I'll get you it. Yeah. So I scored that on the GMAT. And I came out like, is it too late? Like, no, we got you. <clears throat> got me into the program. Nice. Program is an NBA program. Like, it's an actual NBA. We'll go there with the finance people and all that stuff. But every everyone has, like, own concentration, right? You do all the general NBA stuff. And then in your second year, that's when you do your concentration. So gotcha. for me, obviously, it was sports. So between your first year and your second year, you're supposed to do an internship. So I went to the Suns. I was like, what's good? Like, I just... I just come off of this year. I'm working for the Nixon Basketball Ops. I'm in this program. It's number one in the country. I got ideas. I got, like, things I can do, da-da-da. They're like, cool. And then at the last minute, it says, sorry, can't give it to you because we gave it to someone else. And the someone else was the son, was the nephew of one of the part owners who was a senior in high school. Oh. Oh. Damn. Hey, this is America, Jack. Yeah, <laughs> that's how that, that shit part. works. Shout out to Cleo <laughs> McDowell for sure. And that's how that works. You know, I mean, as much as it's a, you know, a great vertical to work in, there's a lot of that in there. Absolutely. You got to be ready for it and you got to be ready to pivot. And that's what I did. So I ended up interning for a basketball tournament that was aimed at high uh, native American high school kids to get them looks at NCAA colleges, D one, D two, D three. Right. And uh, it was the only NCAA certified uh, high school tournament, summer tournament that was uh, for native American kids. And because it was for native American kids, we'd lobbied to the NCAA and say, look, you can't do the usual state restrictions of you have to have local players, yeah. Because these kids are from tribes, and these tribes are all over the country, over and they're really they're they're really nations. So the NCAA gave us like a a pass, basically said, okay. So we had like the Cherokee Nation, and kids were coming from all over the country. You had, uh, you know, the Seminoles and the uh, Iroquois, and and uh, obviously Navajo Nation, and oh, yeah, you know, yeah. And so it was it. Was, but the cool thing was, it was co-owned by Mark West, who's the the time he's a vice president with the Sun. So I was. like, small company if i come in mm-hmm. i do a good job you know maybe that'll get the right impression right so that basically is what's happened so in our second year as i said most of your courses were uh what do you call 
uh, group just, projects. It wasn't it wasn't mm. necessarily a classroom stuff. It was like group project stuff. So the idea was that you could get a, a fellowship, you could work during your second year. And so I went back to the sun. I was like, yo, you've kind of fucked me over for the summer. <laughs> right. How about now? And Gina Marie Scarpa, who was the co-owner with Mark, was like, did you talk to Mark? I was like, I, I don't want to bother him. I'm going through the guy I talked to for the summertime. Mm-hmm. She's like, no. She hung up on me. She called Mark. 15 minutes later, I got a call from my guy who said, all right, man, you start on Monday. And that's how I started yeah. working for the Suns. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, oh, so, I mean, so you were on the actual, you know, basketball side and, and, and things mm-hmm. like that. What was your favorite part? Because you you did it all. Like you said, you started from being on the street team to scouting to marketing yeah. to. So what was, I guess, your favorite role just to not you know hang up in there um, that, that you did during that process? Because you were in the, bas- the front office side for almost what, eight years as well, right? Yep. Or you, yeah. So, you so, so I did six years in Phoenix. OK. And and then the year in. uh in in new york and then new york i I would say two years in atlanta that first year didn't count because i was at the mall (laughs) i was at the mall dude i was out here hustling you know like you gotta hit three free throws but you know you've ten dollars you get three shots make all three you get tickets to the game the dope boys would come to the mall (laughs) hold on hold on miss 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 hey man i'm gonna give you 100 just give me two tickets I mean, we're not supervised here, so yeah. Like, and like hey, hey, I wasn't, I wasn't greedy. I was giving kickbacks back to the envelope. Like, all right, there we we were doing well, but you know, I just had a nice little role of my own. You know, that's going good. to Foot Locker, the Foot Locker guy giving me the employee discount for a couple of tickets to the game. Like, hey, the goal is to get people to come into the to the arena, right? The goal isn't that's to get good. people to shoot free throws. Right. <laughs> so, as as entertaining as that was, I don't I don't really count that towards my basketball experience. Um, but oddly enough, I do count like the two years in arena, and I do count. I I, I count those, even though they were, those ones in basketball operations. Uh-huh. It's still when you work for a team, like it just gives you an insight on how everything works, how those relationships are, um, how people talk to one another, how you talk to one guy this way, the other guy that way. And I was learning all these things, and I, and I felt like I, like I said, I had mentorship because, like, I, I had Rick. Rick was telling me things, and da da da. And I, you know, like, I remember one time Paul Silas walked up and smacked the shit out of Rick, back <laughs> of his head, and Rick turned around and looked. At me. No, I wasn't. That wasn't like a playful tap. I mean, talking about one of them it echoed across the <laughs> arena. <laughs> Rick turned around. <laughs> he thought it was me, and I said, "Now, what in our?" History together makes you think that I would do that, man. First of all, my hand's not that big. Paul Silas' hand is bigger than my laptop. Like, (laughs) what are you talking about? But like, then he started. He sat me down, told me about Paul Silas and that. That like, I knew Paul Silas was. Oh yeah, Coach Silas. But he told me like Paul Silas, like who he was as a player and his reputation Mm -hmm. and stuff. So I was learning all these things, you know, on the ground right there. So that Mm -hmm. when I got to the next job, I wasn't some kid wet behind the ears oh my god i'm working in the nba like i knew i knew how to like communicate with people and like just kind of the vibe and, and the jargon or whatever and and that put me ahead i think of a lot of even the other interns who didn't quite get it like that um so by the time i got to phoenix it was like like i've done this this isn't new um but as far as my favorite role mm-hmm. i mean shit man assistant director was pretty goddamn good man like because it was <laughs> 
<laughs> like it, it, I didn't have a boss. I just did whatever there was a need. I just helped out in. And so it was a little video and little scouting and the little like creating the scouting schedule and helping the cap sheets and working players out and helping out on the court and uh, setting up, help, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Rookie orientation, mm. uh, training camp, summer league. Like I did a little bit of everything pre-draft. Um, it was a great opportunity. G League, going down to G League with, with prospects. And like those were all the things that I think really expanded because before that, I was mm -hmm. in office only, video gotcha. coordinator in a video room. See the coaches, see the scouts, but I'm not out there. I didn't know anybody. Uh, and now I think about like all the people I know around the league and how many of them like I met because I got out of the office. So Nick yeah. Nurse you know, Toronto Raptors head coach, he was our right. G League head coach. Yeah. So he I, that's how it. I, but yeah, I like, I knew Nick in 2008 and 2009. Nice. So when he wins a championship and everyone's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, man, like I've been on that dude. So right. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's my guy. That's, that's, that's my man right there. Um. So, so it, it's one of those things where it, it really did a lot for me. And, and I got to give credit to the people I work for. Yeah. Because Steve Kerr, David Griffin, and Mark West, and, and John Shoemate too, <clears throat> and Todd Quinter. I, I don't want to leave people out. These were Shout all guys that were <laughs> lifers. They were all lifers in different walks, right? Steve mm -hmm. and Mark and Shoe played. Steve played in the 90s and a little bit in the 80s. Mark played pretty much the 80s and 90s because Mark played 100 years. Shoe yeah. played in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> like shoot shoot could tell me about guarding kareem like his That's experiences crazy. playing against kareem mark will tell me about guarding hakeem and shaq mm. and like the difference is there uh steve kerr talked about playing with michael jordan and playing with tim right. duncan playing for greg po like greg Popovich and phil jackson all these different like things and <clears throat> and then then you throw in the dan marley's and the and the uh alvin gentry's and all you are you I, like I'm always very upfront. People are like, oh, uh, you can't hoop. I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. That's why I don't play. <laughs> like, <laughs> duh, exactly. oh shit. Exactly. What gave oh. away my my lack of an NBA career? But like, what what I'm great at is I'm a sponge. I'm around these uh -huh. people. I and I listen to these stories. I hear these stories. Go back when I was with the Knicks. Oh, well, I was with Isaiah. Mm -hmm. And so I, I I got to learn. Like I got to learn from Hall of Famers, man. My whole yeah, crazy. career. So to me, my whole thing was like, I don't know anything because you find out real quick. You think you know, but you don't know shit. So <clears throat> like you get in there and then you start to listen and learn for like the cues, the things they're looking for and all that. And sometimes it's what they look for in a player. Sometimes it's kind of like going back to themselves as players. Uh, so and then from, yeah, you just soak it all in. And then from guys like Griff and Todd Quinn or whatever, they didn't play, but they worked in the league for like, since the 80s and stuff mm. and again seeing charles barkley and seeing all of this stuff happen and work with jerry colangelo and so i'm learning from them too um and, and at some point you just you you become smart not because you lived it right but because you've seen it been lived you know and it's you know they say i ain't gotta die to no death i could just walk through the graveyard and it's the same <laughs> thing kind of like I, I walked among the tombstones with all these guys i i kind of picked up a lot of stuff well, that's facts man so kind of continuing on to into into the game in your career man so now you switch over and you get into the media side right so 
that's a whole journey and it logs on and you don't go to a media career starting at your local ABC station, the, you know, the local affiliate, you, uh, <laughs> you jump right on over to ESPN. Bro. I, I'd never done anything by way of media. <laughs> I had no idea. Like I, I tell people all the time, it's like if right now somebody comes in and says, hi, I'm from NASA. Do you want to be an astronaut? <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit, I ain't got else, something else to do. Like, all right, let's go. Let me try it. I don't know. And then you try it and you realize, apparently I'm good at this. So <laughs> you want to go to the moon? All right, I guess we'll go to the moon then. Like, so figure it out. <laughs> so for me, uh, I left the sun. So I was working in a great era with great people. And then <laughs> they left. And then new people came in and they were terrible. Just the worst, the worst, worst, bad people and bad at the job. And that's really mm. hard to transition from being among <clears throat> elite people to that, right? Like, I, I I think, was this, what year was it? No, it came, who's, uh, would it be this year? So this year was the first time I'm just trying to make sure. The first time since I left the Suns in 2012 that there was an NBA Finals that was played without either a player or a coach that I'd worked with. Every single wow. NBA Finals, there was somebody there that we, we that uh, they was with me. 2013, um, 2013 it was Boris. 2014 also was Boris. 2015 was the Warriors. That was Steve Kerr. Alvin Gentry, uh, Jaron Collins, Leandro Barbosa, the list goes, Nick, uh, Nick, um, Uren, just like everybody there. And then also in Cleveland, I had Griff and Raja were there. And then Toronto, Nick Nurse, and then and obviously the Warriors, still all the guys that I don't know. And then 2020, Jared Dudley was on the Lakers. Uh, so <laughs> he was with us in Phoenix. Um, against uh, the Heat, and, and so this year was the first year. Like, I mean, I could count my man Max, who's uh, does team security for the Suns, but you know, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. But, but my point is, like, <laughs> like we influenced the way that the rest of the league played, and then the people I worked for left and won the next four championships, right? Between the three in Golden State and the one yeah. in Cleveland, I mean, that's four, four four championships won by people I worked for: Steve Kerr and David Griffin. And so to then have to like work for people who didn't know what they were doing was just kind of like, what, yeah. am, what am I doing here? Right. Um, so that, that, that was a tough transition for me for two years. So at the end of it, I was like, the hell with this, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I was going to get a job somewhere else. They're, you know, probably reached out to me like 22 teams. And six of them came back to me with what I would call respectful replies. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> we know you we know your references we just don't have anything or we got stuff but like we're not going to ask you to that like, level I, yeah so like i'll give you a great example tommy shepherd who's the gm for the wizards yeah it was like i mean we're hiring an assistant video guy but like dude you're not going to be assistant video you like that's way that's like three levels below where you are Right. I, I don't want to disrespect you and i'm like yo i appreciate that i get it i couldn't do it either because at that point i have a kid um you know and, and i need to it's not just me like i'll work anywhere and i'll live like in a hostel or whatever it's like now i have to provide so <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't 
Kraft needed a real job. So, you know, I, there were about six teams that did that. Mm-hmm. And then there were like, I want to say like 10 teams that did the thank you for your interest. We don't have anything, yeah. but we'll keep it on file. And I'm like, bro, I'm not a kid from college. I didn't just graduate yesterday. I'm coming to you with like six years experience with one of the best teams in the league Mm -hmm. and you know almost a decade overall and references that are like top of the line people. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the least you owe me is it like I said, the respectful no. (laughs) I'm not here to say I deserve a job, but I am here to say that you there's a there's a way you say no because I know the the form letter. I used to be the nigga that threw the the form letter out. <laughs> right. You got you got guys that are like yo, um, I, you know I I live in uh, Iowa and I watch all the games. And I've come up with a system that's gonna revolutionize. Like you get that all the time. I, I'm yeah. clearly not that. So that upset <laughs> me. But it also I kept a mental note of all those teams. I'm like yeah, I'm like. I will, I will remember, I will remember that. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm sitting around and there are like two or three teams I still hadn't heard back from. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, we'll see what happens. My buddy's working at ESPN at the time. He says to me, he'd always wanted me to be on the podcast. And I said, I can't do it. I'm a team employee. They won't let me. So mm-hmm. now he's like, yo, I saw you left. Are you, can you do it now? And I said, sure. So we did a digital video and I thought like, man, one of these teams is going to see it. And they're going to say, oh yeah, he, we, we we just heard from him another day. Let's let's bring him in. <clears throat> and what happened was ESPN said, "Does he want to write?" And my buddy said, "Do you want to write?" And I said, "I've never written anything other than scouting reports and college papers, but shit, I'll give it a try." Like, you want me to be an astronaut? Oh well, let me, <laughs> oh well, let me my, let me get my helmet. I'll, I'll be right there. So, um, I wrote something as like a sample, and they're like, "All right." Let's let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, we'll pay you by the piece. You write ten pieces, mm-hmm. and if, at the end of it, we'll evaluate if we like you. If you like doing it, we'll talk about something more more permanent. And probably by the the third or fourth piece, uh, they were like, "Come to Bristol. Let's start negotiating," because wow. they never had like they wanted someone to write from a front office perspective. Everyone they had yeah. was either a former player yeah. or a former coach, coach, yeah, or or a journalist, and so they didn't have. The the but front office guys they had tried in the past were like never wanted to step on anybody's toes. So everything mm-hmm. was mad generic and boring. <laughs> so I was the one I was like, they asked me to write about something. And I was like, all right, tell us so, 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 you can do this. You can. I wrote it like a scouting report. And then one of the players in the deal, like, this guy's a nobody. Don't like it's not <laughs> gonna matter. He's there just to make the numbers work. Right. And they were like, Oh man, like said, I'm like, man, like, what do you want me to say? Like, I'm not gonna lie to you because <laughs> That's the, I, the, what it the is. old heads. The old heads that I learned from were like, "Why? The only reason you bullshit is to cover your ass if you're wrong." This mm. is the only reason. My man, Dickie McGuire, Hall of Famer, God rest his soul. Yo, his scouting reports would literally be like three sentences long if you were good, like two sentences long if you were bad, and then uh, CNP. That means cannot play. Not play. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not even gonna waste my breath. This dude can't play. And by the way, this wasn't like guys that were going undrafted. I'm talking about like dudes that were supposed to be top 60 picks. Yeah. CNP cannot play. And I said, Dicky, how could you say that? And he's like, Yo, man, like because we know who can play and who can't play, man. The only Fact. reason to write anything more than that is because you're trying to cover your ass in case yeah. you were wrong. But like sometimes you know you just ain't wrong. 
And so, yeah, man, like, shout out to Dickie. And and it's true. Like, the (laughs) guy he said that about was a dude, I'll never forget it. All year long on the mock drafts, he was a top five pick. Mm -hmm. Then, like, close to the draft, it was like, okay, he's a first round pick. And then, uh, and then, like, on draft day, let me hold on. Yeah, he went second round and he played exactly 17 games in the league. So, (laughs) now this is a dude who at the time, was top five on the mock drafts. Yeah. Playing for a, a power five conference team. I love that you're on here. <laughs> I, I want to put a pause on that right quick because I feel like the NBA is like 17-year-old, <laughs> 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, all draft is like all potential, right? So how do you really know who's a guy who's not a guy based on high school stuff, right? Or one year of college? So, like, how do you really know? So for, for most of these players, I... I my year with the Knicks was the last year we we scouted high school or high school kids, right? Mm-hmm. The last year you could scout school kids because after that they put the age restriction, and then they yeah. made it you can only go to these certain tournaments. Um, so by the time I got to the Suns, it's like all right, the new system is here, and the reality is what you do is you start tracking these guys. You can't like contact or go to their high school games, but you're tracking them. And then mm-hmm. the allowable things were all the obviously McDonald's, Jordan Classic, those kinds of things, the practices for that. But then any international setting. So if you play for USA basketball, basketball that's all good. Yeah. Under 17, under and it's under 19, under 21, like all that stuff is fair game. If you're huh? Adidas, Adidas Nations, Nike Global Challenge, any one of these things where it's like like quite an all-star event where they're bringing international kids in and stuff, that was fair game. So you're tracking them throughout all that. You're scouting them. And then, honestly, the big thing is all really, and that's to this day, I think, intel is more important than like, oh, he's really good off the left foot. Like, no, no, no. Like that stuff, anyone can watch video and figure that stuff out. But like the intel, does he? how much does he love basketball? How does he interact with people? How does he interact with his teachers? How does he interact with his teammates, with his coaches? And da da da. And and like that's the stuff that's the real goal. Where you start to figure out, all right, this dude is somebody that we need to uh, keep an eye on. So I'll give you a good example of that. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday in high school was dominant, won a bunch of CIF titles and all that stuff. But Campbell Hall, smaller school. Um, you're following him, you're watching him, and then he goes to UCLA. He's playing behind Darren Collison mm-hmm. on a team that I believe was had just come off a Final Four, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're not getting a lot of minutes, and he's fighting with the coach. Mm. But all the intel was like, this dude is like A1 when it comes to character, leadership, stuff like that. And And when we brought him in for the interview – he talked very openly and frankly about his experience at UCLA. He didn't just shit on his coach the whole time, but also he didn't like make it seem like, oh, everything was great. I loved it there. I was like, yeah, man. Well, I didn't see eye to eye on things and da-da-da. Part of that, I could have handled better. And part of that, right. I felt like they could have just played me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, like I walked out of there and I said, that's the, it's the greatest interview I've ever sat in on. Wow. Like to this day, I'm, he's the, I've never seen a better pre-draft interview than Drew Holiday. Mm. You, you you just got that combined with like what you saw him do in high school, what little he did in college, because you're not looking for numbers. You're looking for like the ability to do stuff and the recognition yeah. to do stuff. 
Yeah. When you've got that going, mm-hmm. now so it's like, okay, you're not ready to help me right now, but right. you have all the things that show me that you can learn. How the building block, guy. right, to get to where block. we need you. Okay. Yep. So really quick, man, we do have these quick hits, man. I want to get into those. Uh, MH, you got them quick hits? Yeah. So, so these are just the rapid, the rapid fires, man. So we're coming at you. Mm-hmm. Greatest of all time, basketball player. NBA. Man. I got to I got to ask you a dope question. I got to. Look, I'm going to say this. The greatest that I've seen was Michael Jordan. Okay. But I know but I know that here you know, heads that are older than me that say, well that's cuz you never saw Kareem like when Kareem was Kareem. You saw Kareem when he was an old man. You didn't see Kareem in his prime. Or you okay. ain't see Oscar in his prime. And so I understand that this the answer to this question just tells you more about what when you grew up more than anything else. Not okay. not really the real answer. So okay. it was Jordan, I but I understand people say LeBron. I'm not like one of those people like that's preposterous. Like I can be I can be swayed. Steve Kerr the GM or Steve Kerr the coach? Steve Kerr the coach. Steve Kerr hated GM in there. He hated it. <laughs> <laughs> he's miserable. He was miserable because it just wasn't what he was used to. You know, he was a player and he thought it was going to be like being a player. Mm-hmm. And nothing's like being a player, but being a coach is closer to that than being a GM. Ben Simmons. <laughs> is he on the Sixers or is he on another team? And if he's on another team, your prediction on where? He's on another team. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Golden State. Uh, I don't. I don't even. I'm not even confident in that answer. I, I'm, I'm confident he'll be on another team. I'm not confident what team it'll be, but I guess Golden State would be my my pick. There you go. Top five. All right. If you, not a top five. Like if you had a starting lineup of all the players and the execs and everybody that you had association with, if you had a starting lineup, who would be in that starting lineup? Everybody that okay. you worked with. The the are we counting players or not? Yeah, players. Uh, see, Count players. No, I mean like play guys that I worked with when they were players, not guy, not players that I worked with when yeah. they were in the front office. Correct, guys. That's, are, yeah, that's tough. Um, Steve Nash. <laughs> okay. Roger Bell. Mm. Grant Hill. David Griffin. Oh, I'm going. I'm going to go, man. Last one, oh, man. It's gonna kill. Me. I hope they don't listen to this. Uh, Mark West, <laughs> Mark, Mark West. But, but like, I feel bad because, like, like I said, man, I stole from everybody I work with. John Shoemaker, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Steve Kerr, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, Jared Dudley, uh, uh, Jaron Collins, the, the, like the number Goran Dragic. Robin Lopez, like that, so many people that I yeah. like. I learned, regardless of whether it was active teaching, Rick Mahorn, um, mm-hmm. was active teaching or passive teaching, like just me observing them. I learned stuff from all those people. Alvin Gentry, Mike D'Antoni. Mm. Uh, it, it's a lot of people, but like right. I think, like I got like because those guys that I named are like people that I think went above and beyond looking out for me. And, and so, like, I, I want to give them the props. This isn't a quick hit, man. But while we're on here, man, I, I got to give you love on this. You had a you had a a, a take 
with this recent NBA Finals, <laughs> that definitely was like similar to what I would feel, right? So after <laughs> after Milwaukee won the championship, yeah. I, I, I don't know, right? I don't I, I don't know Monty Williams, but I, I thought it was a little bit of a LeBron s to go into the championship room to say, "Oh, great job! You, we were better as coaches. I'm a better coach. We're a better team for you guys beating us." Like. Let them celebrate, and you can tell them at another time. So I wanted to salute you because that is definitely how I feel about the situation as well. My whole thing was it wasn't about what he said. I believe he's sincere in what he said. I'm just saying that didn't have to be the moment. And this whole oh, but but they pulled me in. Like I'll be honest, man. Like we all grew up where you visit your friend's house, and his mom says, "Oh, you got to stay and eat," and you know, like. Uh, mom gonna kill me if I don't come home in time. So you just say, "No, I already ate." You just lie. You say anything. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate it. No, uh, honestly, we gotta do this some other time. But I can't do this right now. Right. So this, this idea, like, well, next thing I knew, like, no, man. Yeah. You know what yeah. a locker room looks like. You Thank know, you. yo, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell you, like, literally, when the Warriors won their first championship. Um. So I go in the locker room to congratulate LB. That's my guy, man. That's my like again. It's hard to leave people off the list, but that he's one of my guys for real. Barbosa. Yeah, and LB is drunk. He don't drink, but he's he doesn't drink at all. So now you imagine him on champagne. It's like it's <laughs> right, right there, yeah, <laughs> right. So I'm sitting there in the locker room. I'm just talking to him, low key or whatever. And then the um, the PR guy comes and says, LB, you got to take your picture with the trophy. The way it works in the NBA finals, like on championship day, the trophy has its own room (laughs) and everybody goes individually to that room Mm -hmm. with their family. They take the picture, uh, take a picture by themselves, take a picture with the family, da da da, And then they leave. That was my whole point. It's like, yo, if you wanted to catch up with him, you could have stood right there by that trophy room, waited for his ass to get there. And then you could have told him that. And then waited for uh, coach Bud to get there, told him that and waited for whoever else you need to tell him. You didn't Correct. have to go to knock on the door like, I think this is just an office. You could have waited right at that door. I know this because I've been to it. But I'm in the <laughs> locker room, right? Again, I'm just talking to LB or whatever. And so PR guy says, you got to go. And so LB says, bring it here. He's drunk. I'm like, no, that's not how it works, LB. You got to go there. So, all right, let's go. And I'm like, who are you talking to? <laughs> you coming with me? Let's go. I'm like, well, all right. So I think he wants me to walk him there. Right. So we walk there, we get there, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna chill right out here in the hallway until you're done and come back. No, man, you're coming inside right now. I said, LB, I'm not what you want me to take a picture? Like, yes, you gotta take the picture. I'm like, I'm not gonna get in the picture. So then security is like, he's got a media pass, no media allowed in there, just team and family. Right. LB flips out on the security guard. That's my family. That's my family, man. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So she's making a scene. I'm like, I'm going to go in there. So there's a picture of me and LB and like one of our homies and uh, his girl at the time and his kid. And like, and it's like, and I'm literally look at my face like, what the hell is happening here? (laughs) But literally, I just like, I didn't. That's a scene was created in order for that to happen. Absolutely. So, you know, it, it's just, it's one of those things. I mean, and, and the funny thing to me was, 
everywhere I took that had that take, I expressed Monty is great. No, he's, he's a, great. Yeah. Uh, a class human being. He's better than 99% of us, myself included. But you can't oh, wow. tell me there's not some part of you that said, come on, bro. Come on. And people, and the thing is people who are just so hot to try to defend his class, their answer was to cuss me out, death threats, uh, all types of, you know, yeah. Yo, don't come no da 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 if you see you in these streets. I'm like, yeah, that's why I posted this shit on Instagram. I was like, when the guy said, Oh, don't come to Phoenix if we see you in the streets, it's on site. And I was like, Where the fuck am I right now? Am I not <laughs> in <laughs> right? I live I, I posted the Instagram video. I was like, and the street said Jigga can't come back home. You know why I heard that? When I was, when back, I was home. back home. And I'm like, what are we doing here, man? <laughs> <laughs> but like it's but it's insane to go to that level to defend anyone who doesn't know you for one. But right. for two, to defend someone who's like who's about class and like holiness and humility, you're gonna defend them like that. Yeah, all right, great. Now I know religious wars happen, right? Like Jesus <laughs> said, love everybody. Fuck you, man. Jesus said, love everybody. I'm gonna kill you if you don't love everybody. Because <laughs> that and then the other thing was the number of players, coaches. Uh -huh execs media people agents who texted me hey man you brave for saying that shit but you 100 accurate yeah i yeah. mean you are that, man that's <laughs> and that's that's the standard i hold myself to i don't care about fans i, I care about those people yeah so last on the on kind of i guess the quick hits wrapping those out so you know we know where your stance is on steve nash getting uh you know two uh, MVPs. Mm -hmm. What do you think about his uh, route to coaching? Too soon, right timing. No, I, I like. To me, it it comes down to this league is built on players. The mm -hmm. players made this league. People like me, I fight, I claw, I try. Like that's cool, and we deserve recognition too. And shout out to Jamal Mosley and Wes Unseld and all the other guys that grinded their way to those yeah. positions. But. Jason Kidd got the Nets job before he was even retired being a player for the Knicks. Wow. Doc Rivers got the Orlando Magic job while he was calling games on TNT. Uh, Mark Jackson got the Warriors job while he was calling the games on ESPN. Um, Steve Kerr got the Warriors job while he was calling games on TNT. Right. We have a history of saying you contributed to this league as a player, yeah. much like Years and years ago, I got a pass on two years work experience requirement to get into the ASU MBA program. Because you put in time. Because you put in time that is the equivalent of two years work experience. If I worked two years for Target, like mm -hmm. in Target management, would that make me better for that program? No, absolutely right. not. So same thing here. It's like these guys, they paid their dues in a different way. Mm -hmm. Playing 17 years in the league, 15 years or whatever it was. To me, at the end of the day, you got that experience that gets you the right to cut the line. And there's no because Jamal played uh overseas. Yeah. Uh and and David Vanterpool, who's still still searching for his first job, played overseas. And he's still waiting. Jamal waited how many years? Damn near 20 years. Steven Silas waited 20 some odd years. It Shit, like Patrick, when you play what's up? I said Pat Hewen still. Yeah, yeah, still looking for his first NBA job. He had to go yeah. back to his alma mater for it. But the yeah. point is, like, 
you know, people are like, what about Becky Hammond? I'm like, well, yeah, Becky Hammond, when people were like a couple years ago, Becky Hammond deserves a job. Like, she's in the back row. All right. That's like, if you know the NBA, that's how I know if you know the NBA or not. If you know the NBA or not, the people in the back row, the next step up for you is to be in the front row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The people in the front row, okay, now you might be talking about be getting interviewed for head jobs. Right. Because mm. why isn't she being interviewed? Well, because she's not there yet. But she played in that. I'm like, that's cool. But do you know how many of these assistant coaches also played? Yeah. Some of them had balling ass careers. Yeah. In leagues that are really good. Euro League and Spanish League and the Turkish League. But guess what? They're not the NBA. And so, yeah, those players are going to get a, a shortcut. And I'm all for that. Uh, as long as they also bring the other attributes of why they would be a good coach. And in the case of Steve Nash, I knew, first of all, people say he had no coaching experience. False. He'd worked in uh, Golden State for a couple of years. And then second of all, I knew that Steve, from working with him, IQ, one of the smartest basketball players I've ever met. Oh, definitely Communication, uh, tremendous. And then most importantly, for that particular job, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's a different dude. Jason Kidd, Mark Jackson, I love both of those guys, but they're like, hoop is everything. If you're not about hoop, do you really give a shit about this, right? They're really, 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 like, focusing on that. Steve Nash is a dude who's like, I like skateboarding. <laughs> Some off seasons, I never touch the basketball. I just skateboard the whole time. I like making movies. I like, uh, and when uh, the Iraq war broke out, he was the one of the only people, athletes, who said, this is a bad war. Why are we in this? When everybody else was doing rah-rah, Democrats and Republicans, this dude said, mm-hmm. this is wrong. So if you talk about someone who's going to relate to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. No, I was thinking Kyrie Irving the whole time. I was like, oh. Right, like, <laughs> from Kevin Durant's standpoint, I'm an artist. I like I, I mean, I, I'm a, like, I have a businessman plan, and I mm-hmm. want to make movies and all that stuff. I want to be outside of basketball. From Kyrie Irving's perspective, I'm an artist also, yeah. I care about Native American rights and, and civil rights and all that stuff. Like, here's a dude's like, yeah, I did all that. I did it when I was MVP. I didn't do it like when it was over and done with. I did it at the height of my when I didn't have nothing to lose. I did it like at the I at did the, it. Yeah. I wore right. a shoe that was made out of recycled material called and called it garbage time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like you want to talk someone who understands who speaks that language? Like Steve Nash speaks that language better than Jason Kidd or, or Mark Mark Jackson do, in my opinion. That don't mean those guys aren't good coaches or should right. work, whatever. I'm just yeah. saying, like, good. I I'll I see it. the connection. And then finally, obviously, the GM played with him. Yeah. And how many times are people hired because of that relationship? I've seen it myself. We hired Terry Porter in Phoenix because Steve Kerr and Terry Porter played together in San Antonio. Yeah, they had the connection, and that and that's that happens too. So Jared Dudley's gonna be a, a head coach here pretty he's, soon. I think he's on like, the front row with, in, with, in three with, years. Yeah, within three years he's gonna be a head coach and he's gonna be great. Yep. All right, man. So jump into the winner's circle, man. This is the platform, and we want to talk about it because you you don't stop, man. And you have a couple uh, podcasts that you really promote now. So you want to start with uh, what's the Cinephobe Pop podcast, and and where's the background of that, and where did that come from? So Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach Harper and I uh, watch movies that are really poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. And, <laughs> and we try to ascertain whether these movies are accurately poorly rated or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Okay. <laughs> Cinephobe is produced by Anthony Mays, wherever you get podcasts. 
No, so really quick, did you ever review uh Coming to America too? <laughs> oh, that's on the list. That's on the list. We we got so this year, the whole year of 2021, we've been doing theme months. Theme, before okay. we just we just each of us would just pick a pick a movie. Okay. And we go. And then we said for 2021, we're gonna do theme months and we're alternating between actor and theme, actor theme. So January was Nick Cage, February was wow. Black History Month. Okay. Uh, March was um I like that. Ben Affleck. April was Oscars. if you write you Ben Affleck. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Reindeer games. We watched reindeer games for that. Okay. Like May was uh Travolta month. June was superheroes. July was oh, whatever. Right. And August was rom com. Now we start Wesley Snipes month. So <laughs> what's the, we what's have the a month coming Blade Runner up. Two? Blade, yeah, Blade Runner <laughs> Two. <laughs> so far, okay. So so far we did uh the <laughs> Tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow drops the the first Wesley Snipes movie. It's a movie called Future Sport. It was a made-for-TV movie that came on ABC that Wesley Snipes executive produced. Oh boy! And, and directed by Ernest Dickerson, uh, the, the longtime great cinematographer for Spike Lee. So uh, it's pretty terrible. Yeah, and then we just recorded. Uh, we recorded Passenger Fifty Seven today. So nice. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like so we got uh, themes. So one of the themes that's coming up is sequels month. All movies that had to be sequels. Oh, so there you go. So go ahead and throw. Out. No, we so we Give did. Space <laughs> on there. We did um, coming to America review. So you know, definitely check that out when you get a chance. But Bro. we we're no, gonna. No, don't, don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> It's a good movie, man. It is anyway. It is not a good movie. Thank you. <laughs> it is not a fucking good reunion, movie. man. Anyway, moving on, and then we're uh we're still working on doing Space Jams too. I haven't worked up the must to we did watch that one. That. Y'all did that one. Yeah. Oh, so I'm gonna have to watch it's, that. Quick preview. It's, yeah. It's, it's trash. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's it's it's. But I always thought Space Jam was trash. So. Oh wow! I like it's, that. It's, okay. It's, it's 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 the same kind of trash. It's a commercial. Space Jam was a commercial for Gatorade and McDonald's. This let's one's a commercial go. for Warner Brothers. Like let's that's all it is. Go. All right. So your other podcast, man. So bomb. Is it bomb? What what what's the acronym bomb. for? Bomb. Black opinions matter. Last M stands for motherfucker. I, I'll never say it. No way I should say it or not. But it, <laughs> I was that's the question. I was like, okay, there's two so M's on there. So like, <laughs> whenever whenever you ask me, say I say black opinions matter, and then I just wait until later. It's just wait and but, see uh, if they catch on. <laughs> so. For, for Bomb, it started actually when we were back at ESPN and we had a True Hoop podcast. We we were the, one of the first podcasts to say we're going to have a podcast every single day. But yeah. every day it's going to be a different theme. Okay. So Tuesdays was going to be Woodhorse Day and he's going to be having his reporter friends and they're going to break scoops that aren't quite ready to be broken like in news stories. Wednesdays was going to be about the Warriors because they were great and Ethan Strauss was so in with them. Thursdays was going to be the analytics day, like whatever, da, da, da. and then Friday was going to be the mailbag day where people just send in yeah, questions. Send in stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Monday, we picked Monday, and at the time nobody wanted Monday, so we got Monday. We go, we go make it the black show. We're going, we'll talk about it, but we'll talk about it like from the black perspective. Mm-hmm. And we call it Black Opinions Matter Monday, and then really soon everyone started because our day did the best, so because you're on Monday, like that's why the numbers are better on Mondays because it's Monday. No, no, it's, no, it's better. It's, it's right. better because we're we're better. That's why. And so, <laughs> super facts. 
when we ended up leaving ESPN because of like all the schedules stuff, we couldn't do it on Mondays anymore. So I do it on Tuesdays. So we're like, well, what's the, are we going to change the name? I'm like, no, keep it. And we're just going to say the last M is for motherfuckers. <laughs> That's yeah. What, yeah. But like, we, we, it's, it, we kind of review black culture, like TV shows, like we watch power, we're watching, we rewatch the, the TV show Oz and stuff like that. Hell, y'all just did a full Donda. Yeah, that's what I would. Yeah, yeah. I'll do the full Donda. Well, like so, music. Yeah, uh, we all and, and we also we also do like serious shit. Like when uh, all the shit was happening last last year in Louisville with um, um your favorite city, Brianna Taylor. Fuck that place. Brianna, <laughs> Brianna Taylor. Um, we had Kenny Stills and Irv Roland. Kenny Stills, uh, NFL uh, player. Yeah. Irv Roland, NBA coach. They actually went out there. Right. Them, the the people got arrested at the DA's house. Right. Mm. And mm-hmm. held like without trial, held illegally for 48 hours without being read their rights or anything like that. They came on the show. They told us that whole thing, that whole story. So it's like we have fun, but like we also do some of the serious stuff. And like we kind of like, you know, we try to hit all, all elements of it. So what's but, the what's the the brief Kanye review? What's that? No, there's, there's no I didn't listen to any of that shit. I don't listen to that motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> Yo. He says he said he said slavery was a choice. <laughs> he wore the red hat. <laughs> he wore the red hat, sat in the Oval Office in, in front of the world, not American media, the world media, and said, Our president gotta be the flyest. And said, When I when I put on, I, when I when I heard I'm with her as Hillary's slogan, which I admit is a terrible slogan too, it didn't uh, make me feel it made me feel good. But when I put on the red hat, I felt like Superman. I want to play catch with my dad, and then I'm like, so that is your daddy now. All right. <laughs> y'all, the Jesus freaks and all that, y'all could pretend like, oh, no, he's good. He found Jesus. Like, no, man. In the words of Rick Ross, God forgive, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> if there's forgiveness for that man, he'll find it at the pearly gates, but he ain't going to find it here with me. So I don't <laughs> fuck with his music. I don't fuck with his shoes. I don't fuck with his news. I don't care about him, his family, none of that shit. Fuck him. Record label staff and yeah. management. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And if you're down with that, fuck you too. Cheeto XO, fuck you. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. All right, man. And, and definitely we don't want to move part without talking about. And so what is it? Metal Arc Media? Is that how you yeah. pronounce it? And, and it, it's you took that leap, man, and, and yeah. joined this, man. So you're definitely putting stock in it, man. How's it going? What was the was it some foresight that you see? Because, like, you know, ESPN's going through a few things right now. Did well, you see got, that on the wall or just what was the whole situation? So, no, absolutely. So I knew ahead of time, I'm done. Whenever this contract is over, I'm out of here. I didn't want to okay. be there anymore. The politics uh-huh. just got, like, I, I got to a place where 90% of my day was office politics and 10% was actually doing the job. And that's all I ever want to do. I just want to do my job. So, um what ended up happening was I was like, all right, when this thing's over, I'm out. And I told my agent, let's start looking for stuff like mm-hmm. quietly. And then literally two days later, um, Dan Lebertard said, I'm leaving ESPN. And I'm going to start my own company. And so I called Dan. I was like, I'm with you. And he's like, well, we haven't started the company. I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm, that's I'm what's up. And, and, and he, to this day, he's like, oh, I was so brave. I'm like, it wasn't brave, bro. Like, I don't want to, fuck around with these people anymore i had a decent amount of money saved up i worked for sirius xm shout out to sirius xm who were great employers mm-hmm. and i'm very well compensated by them so i knew like i can keep the lights on and meanwhile it ain't gonna be comfortable gonna become cutbacks around here tell my kids like oh no that ac what, what y'all put that back up 
77. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we're not going to, this is 72. No, 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 no. We don't do room temperature around here. We do a little right. warmer, right? This is Phoenix. You don't know how, how these power bills work. But yeah, I was like, I knew I could do that. I, I like, I had leeway to do that, to, to walk away. Uh, and as luck would have it, like, I didn't have to really leave anything left on the table. So, um, I left, I got everything that was owed to me and, and I walked over and then, you know, metal arc, it took a while to get started, but we got right. started in June and, and it's been great ever since. That's beautiful, man. Well, Hey man, this has been a blast, a pleasure, man. And want to wrap this up, man. So just really quick, man, what, um, so we call this the assist, right? This is where you get that mm -hmm. coaching gym, you know, you, you telling people to jump on a rocket ship, you want to be an astronaut. So other than that, man, what is kind of like a, a, a words to live by a life philosophy or quote that you live by that you can leave either your younger self or the people listening? Uh, I would say like follow your passion because through passion, you gain strength and through strength, you gain power and through power, you gain victory. Uh, and, and that's, that's, that's the, like uh, my lesson, my life lesson is I knew way back when I wasn't passionate about being an engineer and so it wasn't leading me anywhere. And so you got to be able to, I think, follow your passion. That doesn't mean abandon everything, you know, because it's smart to have a plan B and a plan C and stuff in the meanwhile to float, mm -hmm. float you. But you, if you're passionate about something, you got to go after it. If you want to do something like my kid, I asked my kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? So a basketball player. I'm like, but you never watch. I, I watch basketball. You never sit and watch with me. Uh, name 10 NBA players. You can't name 10 NBA players. How often do you play basketball? Every once in a while. Reach, like, you're not passionate about this. You're just saying that. Right. You're passionate about it. You got to throw yourself into it. That doesn't mean don't do anything else, but there's got to be a certain level of commitment to what you want to do in order to be that. So there you go, man. Any final quick thoughts, MH? Appreciate you, bro. There it is, man. Well, we thank you, man. And uh, definitely want to shout out to Chris Malloy, man, for making this happen and putting yes, us sir, together. Chris, man. Yeah, Chris, we yeah. appreciate you, man. Shout and, out Chris. Uh, I should have had him as my starting five. I should have had him as sorry. <laughs> He's coming off the bench strong, coming off the bench strong. Well, hey, and we want to thank you, I mean, for so much, man, for the time, making time for us and jumping on, this, on, on the show with us, man. Thank you to people for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, you know, we drop these every Thursday, man, so please subscribe because uh, to our YouTube channel because we believe, you know, visual representation matters so if you can see it you can be it um and just uh listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts stay safe practice gratitude and know we're rooting for you screaming all us blacks got a sports and entertainment until we even assuming you're rooting for everybody that's black yeah uh-huh yeah assuming i'm rooting for everybody that's black yeah Yo, yo, look, look, show me I'm rooting for everybody that's black, spat bouts and racks on handmade new rags. Show me I'm rooting for everybody that's black, that's everybody from sports to college class to rap and back.